Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. July 19th, 1977, the world teacher, the Christ Maitreya, head of the spiritual hierarchy, emerged from his ancient retreat and is now in the modern world. With his disciples, the masters of the wisdom, he will inaugurate the new age of synthesis and brotherhood. Good morning and welcome to our World Teacher Program on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM presented by Teresa and David on behalf of Share International New Zealand. Today our theme is The Growth of Consciousness and we'll be reading extracts from a talk by Benjamin Krem at the 1992 Transmission Meditation Conferences in San Francisco, USA and Kirkrade, the Netherlands. We'll start with an introduction to the subject sourced from the January-February 1993 double issue of Share International magazine. Throughout the world there is a growing understanding that humanity is undergoing a profound change in consciousness. This reflects itself in many ways, not least in the efforts being made to explore the nature of consciousness itself to investigate the connection between consciousness, mind and brain, and to study the effect that these three, singly or in unison, may have on matter and the natural world. The old mechanistic views of nature and of the forces at work within her are fast disappearing, and a new awareness is dawning of the unity underlying all manifestation. More and more, the concept that all is energy, that energy and matter are different states of one reality and can be affected by thought, is being accepted on a wide scale and is changing men's view of life. Enlightenment is growing apace and soon the methods and technology will be found to demonstrate this fact. This is of profound significance for the future evolution of the race. As we enter the new age, a new urgency is being felt to explore the outer and the subjective worlds and to understand the relation between these two aspects of creation. Many scientists around the world are bending their inquiries in that direction, prompted by the need to demonstrate and prove their intuitive belief that all is interconnected. The acceptance of a super-personal self or soul is gradually gaining ground and is leading to a new synthesis in men's view of reality. Eventually, the common ground of all such investigations will exist in the awareness that consciousness is the attribute of the soul, that mind and brain are conduits, vehicles for its manifestation and that there is no break or separation in the connecting links between them. 
Until now, the nervous system has been seen as the pathway for signals, electrical in nature, from the brain. The brain, the command post of that intricate system, initiates the actions and reflexes, mental, emotional and physical, by which we recognise and demonstrate our livingness. To a limited degree, this of course is true. The complex computer of the physical brain does indeed coordinate and organise the multifarious information and stimuli streaming from moment to moment through that sensitive apparatus. However, as understanding grows of the nature and source of consciousness, a truer picture will emerge of the status and function of the brain, as the focal point for the infinite variety of impulses reaching it from higher principles. For many too, the mind is the man. They see themselves through identification as mental beings, capable of thought and action, completely autonomous and separate, whose very existence stems from the ability to think and measure. This likewise is but a shadow of the true relationship existing between man and mind. Man's mind is an instrument, a body more or less sensitive, depending on the person, by which the mental planes can be contacted and known. The plane of mind, the mind belt, is infinite in extent and serves as the conduit for all mental experience. When men realize this, they will understand how telepathy is the natural result of this relationship and a new era of mutual communication and understanding will begin. The nervous system will be understood as the connecting link between the soul and its vehicles, the means by which the soul in incarnation grips and demonstrates itself through its reflection. In this way, consciousness, the nature of soul, expands and grows, shedding its light through all the planes awakening man to his destiny as a son of God. Benjamin Krem begins by stating, It is a truism to say that, as we enter the new age, a great change in consciousness is taking place in humanity. Maitreya himself has said in one of his messages, My coming means change. The greatest change will be in the hearts and minds of men. This is the essence of the new age. It is, of course, about the construction of a new civilization, about new political, economic, religious and social structures, about living together in harmony, in peace, on a world scale for the first time. The change of consciousness which is taking place is even more profound than any outer changes in the world might suggest. Obviously, they are necessary, but they are outer. However, the outer is always the reflection of the inner. If inwardly we are distraught, in disharmony with ourselves, with our environment, with our friends, our family and so on, then the outer forms which we make, what we express, the conditions which, moment to moment, we create around us, will be disharmonious. They will not have that kind of easeful, harmless relationship which is the essence of equilibrium. The more we are in equilibrium, the more our environment is in equilibrium. 
This is the basis of the need for harmlessness. Through harmlessness we create the conditions in which we make no negative karma. What holds us back in the expansion of consciousness on our evolutionary journey is precisely karma, the weight of our own individual karma. Everything therefore that can be done to lighten our karma is an aid towards the completion of our journey to perfection. The experience of a shift in consciousness of course is not new. It occurs at the beginning of every new age. As the new energies, this time the energies of Aquarius, make themselves felt in human life, they necessarily affect our consciousness. The first thing to bear in mind, I would say, in this question of changing consciousness, is that it demonstrates itself in concerns. Scientists, philosophers, thinkers of all kinds, teachers, investigators in all fields, are now seeking along their own particular paths, various means of understanding the nature of reality. That reality is changing under the microscope, under the power of thought, through the individual experience of meditation or whatever, of various thinkers, philosophers and scientists. Modern quantum physics has, I would say, led the way in this and has brought the modern scientific mind to the acceptance of ideas no longer simply as speculation, which have been esoteric axioms for countless thousands of years. Ancient rishis, masters of the ancient wisdom, have postulated various relationships, correspondences and connections between the divine and its expression in humanity, in nature, in the various hierarchies, and kingdoms which only today is modern science beginning to investigate and to find to be true. That is what is causing this change in consciousness. It is both the result of a shift in consciousness by the leading units of the race in the first place and, as a result of their investigations, writings and teachings, a gradual outflow of this awareness into the world taken up by publications and media of all kinds. This is gradually saturating the mind belt of the world. We are living in an era in which what was once magical, mysterious and mystical is now taken for granted as facts in nature. Our modern communications, television, radio, electrical communications through computerization and so on, are leading us to see the interconnectedness of all aspects of life. The investigation of the nature of consciousness itself is, as the Master says, going forward apace. People are beginning to discover that you cannot separate the man looking at the world from the world, from his experience of the world. The inner and the outer, the subject and the object are closely related. You cannot look at the world except through your own individual sight. The quality of your experience of the world depends absolutely on your conscious awareness. Your conscious awareness depends on the quality of the instrument of awareness, your vehicles, physical, emotional and mental. The difference between a master and a probationary disciple, for example, is that the master has an apparatus a vehicle of conscious awareness which allows him an awareness of vistas of being, of reality, 
which we cannot even imagine to exist. So far are they beyond our everyday consciousness that we have no opening into them. If you remember that humanity has full consciousness only on the physical plane, an imperfect consciousness on the astral plane, and only the beginnings of consciousness on the mental plane, and then only the few, you can see how impossible it is to talk about consciousness in other than very relative terms indeed. You're listening to the World Teacher Program on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM. Consciousness grows by aspiration towards that which lies above it. But of course we are lazy. This is the hard way and that is why the path of evolution is slow and long and arduous. The way forwards is precisely that of renunciation. Renunciation is another word for detachment. The path of evolution is the path of renunciation, is the path of detachment process, the technique of renunciation, is detachment. Detachment is the difficult but absolutely essential process of evolution. It comes about through an expansion of consciousness as the soul grips its vehicle and the realization that we are not this physical body, these emotional reactions, these constructions of our mind, that the true man or woman is that which lies back of these and is using these vehicles for expression. The soul is a reflection of the monad demonstrating the divinity of God. The path of evolution is a series of at-one-ments, first with the soul, then with the monad and divinity itself, what Maitreya calls the self, the Lord, the absolute. The process is one of detaching step by step from identification with the unreal. The unreal being that which we take to be real, this physical plane world. When the fourth initiation, the great renunciation, is taken, we demonstrate our ability to renounce everything, even life itself, because then we realize that we are life, that there is nothing else but life, that we are that one life. Firstly, we renounce the appetites, the apparent needs of the physical body, the emotional reactions of the astral body, the constructions, the beliefs, the ideologies, the memories of the mental body, all of that conditioning. The old mechanistic view is that the soul, if it exists, is up there. The mind, us, is somewhere else and our mind is the man or woman. This concept presupposes separate aspects of reality, but in fact there is no separation. The soul is closely connected with the mind, the mind with the brain. It is a unitary mechanism through which the soul can work, 
demonstrating itself eventually in the most marvellous way. To many people, the brain is omnipotent. We even say, we will one day make computers that are really superior to the human brain. The human brain to most people is the person. It is the brain, we think, who thinks. It is the brain who knows, who remembers or misremembers. The pain is the all-powerful mechanism directing the whole process of our living experience. This is not true. The brain is but a marvellous, wonderfully sensitive, intricate computer into which is fed all experience coming from the soul through the mental plane. Into this computer all information is fed. All the reactions of the nervous system, of the astral body and of the physical body are likewise fed into the brain. When the body runs out of energy, it gets hungry and sends the message to the brain. The brain says, go to McDonald's. The body tells the brain and the brain tells us to go and get something to eat. We experience cold or heat. The brain tells us, gives us the signal that our body is feeling cold and we need to cover it with an extra blanket. These are all instinctual reactions by which the animal kingdom has evolved. The nervous system sends signals to the brain which computes this information from all levels. So, the brain is an extraordinary instrument, but it is physical. It pertains only to the physical plane, the physical body, and it dies at death. Using the brain is the thinker. Using the mind is the thinker. We have to find out who that thinker is and identify with the thinker. As we identify more and more with the thinker, so are we imbued with the consciousness of the thinker. The thinker is the higher man or the soul, the transpersonal self, the ego, whatever you like to call it. As we identify with that higher aspect, we are imbued with its nature. Our consciousness grows and expands. Growth of consciousness comes about precisely through the awakening of ourselves to identification with that higher aspect. The nervous system is seen as a mechanism of response by which the brain can know what signals it needs to send to the feet or the stomach or the digestive juices, the chemistry of the body. If left alone it does it marvellously. If interfered with by neurotic identification with our emotions, we can inhibit this mechanism and cause indigestion and various illnesses. These illnesses result from emotional disturbance of the natural, perfectly organised function of the brain to look after our physical body. The physical body in terms of principle is inert, simply acted upon and responsive to impress from higher principles. That is why mind over matter is a fact. I think therefore I am. It should be, I am therefore I think. It is because we are thinking beings that we think, and because we have a vehicle called mind we are able to demonstrate that fact. It is the thinker who thinks, but we do not see the thinker, we see only the result of the process of thought, because we have a vehicle called mind and another vehicle called brain, which can give voice to the thoughts through the larynx. All of that is intricately interconnected. 
There is no break in these seemingly separate aspects of ourselves. The link is the nervous system. The sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems have been known and analysed for a very long time. Today, nerve specialists know so much about the nervous system that the most intricate operations can be performed on different parts of the ganglia, which would appall anyone who had not studied the subject. These are tackled with complete confidence, not to say nerve, without a qualm. The surgeons have been trained and they know their job. They think it is a mechanism like any other, which it is, but they think that it is a part of the material world, which in a sense it is, but it is not only that. We will come to discover that the ganglia of the nervous system is the most intricate mechanism by which the soul makes its presence felt through all the vehicles. In the tiny nerve conduits called nadis, Gases from the soul, gas so fine that it is not detectable by any modern scientific method, flow through the nervous system. In this way, the impulses, energy, purpose, will, love of the soul make themselves felt in its vehicle. The more evolved the man or woman, of course, the more is this process taking place. In this way, the soul grips its vehicle pouring its energy into the physical plane. How does it do it? By what method? Through the Antakarana, the bridge of light, the soul pours its energies into its reflection, the man or woman on the physical plane. The Antakarana is built downwards by the soul as the individual begins to meditate. Also, through meditation and aspiration, it is built by the individual up to the soul. It is a two-way process. It is a column of light, of three strands of force, will, love, wisdom and intelligence, which enters through the crown chakra at the top of the head. From that chakra it flows through the nadis of the nervous system. This is the ultimate reason for the nervous system. If we look at evolution from the purely material form aspect, we see the evolutionary process as one in which more and more complex nervous systems are created in the different species. The higher the species, the more complex. The earlier and more primitive the species, the less of this nervous system do they have or need because their reactions to life are very limited. In the human being, the soul uses our very complex nervous system to distribute the gas at different temperatures, rates of flow, potencies, which become our awareness, physical, astral, emotional and mental awareness. All of this finally comes together at the third initiation. These three bodies vibrate together synchronously and the soul can then truly inhabit its vehicle. Until that time it is training, preparing its vehicle. At the third initiation, it really takes over its vehicle in the fullest sense because the nadis of the nervous system have opened up as pure channels for the flow of gas from the soul. It is gas, but it is the very livingness of the soul, the nature of the soul, poured down into its vehicle. It is energy, there is nothing else. In the end, we evolve a vehicle so synchronous in its vibration on all three planes that the soul can truly inhabit it and the divine being is born. 
the transfiguration initiation takes place. Then begins in true earnest the path of renunciation. Evolution for us humans is divesting ourselves of all that holds back light. We evolve through the absorption of light. Consciousness is light. Consciousness the Christ principle flowing through the bodies of the individual initiate floods them with light. Eventually, at the fourth initiation, three-quarters of his body is light. The process is completed at the fifth initiation, and the Master stands free from the pull of matter forever. He has completely spiritualized matter on an individual basis. As everyone begins to do this, the world as a whole becomes spiritualized. Then the plan of evolution of our Logos for changing into light at the highest possible vibration of its ray energy, the ray shining purely through every kingdom, will be achieved, and we will have done our parts in this process. It is easy to read in a book that we are really a soul in incarnation. It is a very different thing in everyday life to remember that and to act as if it were true. It is a conscious, self-initiated process and brings us eventually to initiation. The way therefore is through awareness of the self, identification with the self. When Father, Spirit and Mother Matter come together, the Christ is born. Man, humanity is born. We are in a very real sense the Christ. Divinity and the material world come together in the human species. That is why throughout the whole of cosmos everything is on the way to becoming human, is human, or has been human and gone beyond the human. We are the midway stage through which everything passes. That is the unique situation of humanity. That is why the Christ principle relates so directly to humanity. Through a gradual growth of consciousness, we evolve to superconsciousness, to cosmic consciousness and beyond. What lies beyond the consciousness of the highest being of our solar system we cannot even begin to imagine. Probably the highest being in our solar system can know only the beginnings of what lies beyond. And that's our program for today. If you have any questions or would like to know more about the World Teacher Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom, please call us on 0636461101. That's 0636461101. Or visit the website share-international.org where you'll find more information on the various aspects of the emergence. To inquire about Share International magazine subscriptions, books by Benjamin Krem or our monthly free of charge newsletter which contains extracts from the current Share International magazine the number is 04234 that number again is 04234 or write to PO Box 9576 Wellington Thank you for listening to us on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM and please tune in to our next World Teacher Program on Saturday the 18th of March at the usual time of 10am. You can listen again to this program and previous ones by visiting our website at share 
international-nz.info and click on the radio tab. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.